0: Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of 168,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.
1: KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at KZSU.org.
0: From the campus of Stanford University, this is The Modern Architect radio show and podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and Principal of Accurate, this is Tom Dioro.
1: Thank you, Shay, for our guest today. Please welcome Russ Naylor, architect and principal of NC2 Studio, a creative studio collective, and Bulk Modern, a design and manufacturer of architectural metal product types, including guardrails, Juliet balconies, architectural screens, fencing, among others, including a variety of very efficient, installed, patent-pending rain screen systems. For more information, you can visit... BokeModern.com That's www. Com. Hello, Russ. We're happy and honored to have you on the Modern Architect show today.
2: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Russ, Russ I'd like to start with, with something funny, if, if you don't mind. Anything happened on the way to, to Stanford or in the last couple of days that you might at least find funny? If it's personal, no problem, but hopefully you keep it professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that you might have looked back on that, that uh, actually seems a little humorous. Um, yeah, that's a good, good question. I mean,
2: always, <laughs> there's, there's always humorous things going on. I have a That's true. I had a client ask me as we get into this further um, that uh, he thought I I missed his delivery of those materials because I didn't give him his post and as we'll learn. Book Modern doesn't use posts in their product, okay,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of laughed and I said, "Well, you know, just calm down. I'll, I'll come out and I'll explain it to you." And um, so that was probably, you know, kind of one of the things business-wise.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it looked like professionally he was missing something, but yeah. no, no, there is nothing missing. Yet. Yeah, there is. <laughs> just, nothing. that's that's great, yeah. Russ. What are some early inspirations for you becoming a, a, an architect? Mm. And um, well, we'll, we'll talk about book Modern as well, mm-hmm. but just some early inspirations yeah. as to how you even uh, selected or chose the field of architecture.
2: Sure. You know, I was uh, born in Arizona, and I have grandparents, and they lived at the time up in Sedona, and um, we were up there. I was probably seven or eight years old at the time, and I was taken to this church, and this church was very special. There was something about it, even as a seven or eight-year-old. So this isn't the church that I went to as a kid. This is something special. turns out this church was done by Ashton and Allen. Um, there was a oh. wealthy benefactor that actually hired Frank Lloyd Wright to do it, and they didn't get along, and they hired Anshin Allen. Now this is um, 50 years ago, so there was probably young guys at that time, and uh, it's just a beautiful church. that still today looks quite amazing. So if anybody wants to look that up, it's in Sedona, Arizona. Um, So from that, I think you know later on in life, I went to a high school. I really didn't like that high school very much, so. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I didn't do well with my grades there, but there was one class only that I got straight A's in. Somehow I got into a drafting class. And we grew up, we didn't have a lot of money. And in this class, they said, design any kind of home you want. I said, wow, really? I could just do anything? Yeah. And, and I designed this huge, beautiful home and learned how to draw and all of that and just absolutely loved it. And I think from then on, I was just hooked. I just loved do. doing that. Yeah,
1: yeah so it, was, uh, it sounds like more of a calling than a, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> a vocation, like, okay, I guess I'll do this. Mm.
2: Yeah. Plus my uh, family, they were all contractors. And so one summer um, between high school and college, I was out hanging drywall above my head hammering upside down going <laughs> are you really? oh my god I've got to go back to school and do something different from this <laughs> like <laughs> this <laughs> the rest of my life
1: <laughs> oh nice well that's great references mm. there's some those are galvanizing yeah. <laughs> moments that's why I wanted to know because mm-hmm. they're really sure. they really they really shape and so from there you know how did you you know further along into, into architecture and design and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know is, is that sort of a, a mindset you walk around uh, walk around town with a design type mindset.
2: Sure. sure. Yeah, that's it. You know, and I could sum that up even more with my my son is also, he went to the University of Oregon. and He's an architect now as well. Oh, and he works here in the city. Awesome. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. But I remember him saying, Dad, before I went to school and before I studied architecture, you know, I didn't really notice buildings. Now, whenever I travel or do anything, I can't, I, all I'm doing is looking at buildings <laughs> because it's almost a burden because <laughs> you're always looking and, and doing that. So I think that's, you know. Yeah, kind of, almost a burden. I'm curious yeah. about that. Describe that a
1: little bit. How could it? Well,
2: it's know? because you're so preoccupied constantly by you know by, by looking at architecture and studying it and being so joyed by it. Sometimes you don't see maybe other things in life that are kind of going on around you. You're just so focused. And I think that's what he kind of meant. And I kind of get what he means by that. You yeah. Know, you you know you look at the world a little bit different as an architect than I think other people may.
1: Yeah. Well, how do you? What, what's your opinion of just the in general? Say San Francisco because that's where your offices mm. are, correct? Mm-hmm. In San Francisco. Yes. Well, that's this is kind of like really but what's your opinion of the just the general in general the built environment that you see that you Hmm. know can it be improved can you you, you, what what do you what's your thoughts on just seeing just the in general it's a general question no i understand Uh, what's your thoughts on the built environment as as it is today 2017 almost 2018
2: you know well being in san francisco it's a very uh different kind of place to to do your work so we did a lot of multi-family residential projects and um did some in san francisco and it's an interesting process. It's our course. Everybody knows a very long-term yeah, process. Yeah. It's very difficult. We wonder why everything's so expensive in San Francisco. It's because the time it takes to get a project through. And the other thing, and I'm sure if any planners hear me say this, I probably will never get another project approved.
1: <laughs> no, say it. We've, <laughs> had, we've, had, we've had plenty of insult hurl, uh, hurled their way, and, um, and we've clarified them, which is even better.
2: Yeah. You know, planners are kind of like uh, wannabe architects, and so they really have control a lot of the design. I think that's going on in San Francisco you know so much of the there's so many good designers so many good architectural firms in San Francisco and I'm sure people have heard this and so much of that is goes somewhere else it goes overseas goes to other places yeah, why San Francisco's yeah. you know they they they're just not very open minded to to modern cutting edge architecture the federal building for instance is one that is a great building and it's something like nothing else in the city and it's so mm-hmm. refreshing Well, the only reason that's there is because that's a federal building and City of San Francisco has no say over what gets built there. <laughs> so oh, okay. That the, Morphosis is it. doing it's just a wonderful uh, yeah product in the city. I wish there were more like that. Um, Can but, there be? I mean, just
1: in your in your um, uh, in your opinion, do you, or do you think it's just I too know challenging? If they would
2: or... just let architects and uh, uh, let them you know be more creative and, and stop trying to dictate everything. We did a project on Venice Boulevard, and if people know the city, yeah, great. Place. I was I was told by a planner as I did a very modern building, he said, you know, we kind of see Venice Boulevard as a bo- uh, Boulevard as a Beaux Arts Boulevard. I'm like. What are you talking about? How is that Beaux Arts? You even know what you're talking about? (laughs) So they really tried to push me into this very kind of traditional building, which would be this false historic and all that. So we ended up getting what we wanted, but it was you know like pulling teeth. Really? Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. Is, it, is it more challenging yet you, from what you understand or have experienced? Because you're you're all over California. That actually the United the United, U.S. too, correct?
2: Well, now we are with Boak. You know, okay. as I've yeah. kind of built Boak. You know, the yeah. the NC2 uh, was originally Naylor and Chu. My partner Hetty Chu and I started the business. My gosh, that was right at 9/11. You know, we actually decided to do this, and that happened almost then. And so it was a tough start, but um, we did well together. We did a lot of multifamily residential buildings, and then um, that's kind of where you know I started doing. Where Boke all of a sudden yeah. came from, you know. Yeah,
1: how did how, how did Boke? I know we've talked in our. Mm-hmm. I want to call it the green room, but it was more like the record room. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: an awesome room, by the
1: way. <laughs> That's great. I think so too. What 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 started? Share with us again. You know what started? Uh, sure. Boke How'd you come into it?
2: We had a project down in Los Angeles, and it was um, about a 200 unit project, and I knew it had a pretty tight budget, so it was. Uh, a very vanilla box building, if you will, and the architecture was all in this railing. It was this uh, beautiful kind of woven railing, and I said, told the developer, I said, you know, don't be the, this out, this is all the design. I give you a bland box so I could afford this beautiful railing as the architecture. <laughs> well, of course, it gets down to it, and they love to be eat things, and they love to pick off the pretty things off buildings, and so, They called me up one day and said, you know, we're going to have to take that out and we're going to put pipe rail in the building. Oh, no! Yeah, just freaked out. I said, well, wait, 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 you can't do that. Let let me think. Give me some time. And so I started thinking about, you know, well, what is it that makes railing expensive, you know? And it's the the custom railing, it's all the cutting and welding, it's all the labor that goes into it. And I thought, well, what if we took labor out? Um, Laser cut metal, you know, this was about eight years ago or more. Laser-cut metal was starting to get popular, but people were using it just very like, you know, cutting out flat sheets and hooking them to others kind of structure. And I thought, well, why don't we fold the structure into it Uh, so we don't have any posts, as I had mentioned earlier. That's where that story comes in. And we can do any pattern we want. And, you know, and and so I, I, I drew something up and I had my engineer look at it and he did some calculation. He goes, yeah, that actually works. And so, we, I found a manufacturer down in the LA area. I didn't know anything about this. I had to go out and I, I had to find a guy that had a lasered bed and, and had a break and could kind of make me some prototypes. Had it done, got it priced, and gave it back to the owner. And they said that price was actually lower than the price of the the pipe rail. So it was oh like, God, wow, I got this yeah. cool rail and it's less than yeah, the pipe rail. Yeah. So it was kind of like a little bit of an aha moment going, wow, this, you know, I didn't really think it could be a business. But as I started doing more projects, of course, I started putting more of this stuff on my own buildings, and the owners, they didn't care. They liked it. It seemed self-serving. because yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and we kind of uh, started this company, and, and we named it Boke. And I know a lot of people wonder, what is They call it Bok, because it's BOK. It looks like okay. that. But um, Yeah,
1: Boke what is, what is uh,
2: Yeah, so Boke's a, a Korean term, uh, my book. Uh, partners Korean, and it means uh, good fortune. So okay. somebody that has boke, it just, you know, good fortune follows them everywhere. So I thought, well, that's a neat neat word. Uh, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it has the, did you, the... Um, the O over the long O over the, yeah. The long O over but, the O, yeah. so it's the boke, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. nice. So so anyways, back to the story, then we, as the more and more we started doing this, other people saw it, and they started uh, asking us about it, and so we started that company. And whereas, we had a relatively small architectural firm, we were doing big projects for the size it was, we started hiring more and more different types of people. There were more industrial designer types and thing, people that had different experiences, not necessarily architects. And Architects are important, as, as I'll talk about in a minute here. But um, And so it was kind of fun to start bringing other people in to collaborate and what they could bring to the table to make Boak a better product. And it started out of those guardrails, and we started thinking, what else can we make out of this? And so now, as you mentioned, all the other products that we kind of have. How long we, ago was this? This was probably eight, at least eight years ago. So eight years. And so we had 20 staff architects and one guy, I remember working on Boke, and now we have one or two guys on the architecture and 20 on book because um, we still, I love architecture, I'll always yeah. be in it, but we, we aren't doing the CDs anymore. We do more of kind of the upfront entitlement design, and so it's just a smaller group and a lot easier, but yeah, yeah. we're pretty much focused on the book right now.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> how is it, is it, has it evolved? Well, I'm sure it has, but um, eight years, Every year, is there something new with you discovered? Yeah, it seems
2: like it. We thought, you know, okay, we had a certain number of products, and it just seems like somebody's coming to us with a different problem all the time. And so I think the success of the company really comes from uh, me being architect, and, and having architects, because we work with architects. And it's really exciting how I work with, that's the way my life, with all the big firms and things, and um, so they want, they have an idea, and they want to get on the mm-hmm. building, but they don't have the cost-effective way to do it, and so we can come in, and I can come in, versus a miscellaneous metal guy that says, okay, give me drawings, and I'll do it. I come in and help them, and walk them through how to get it on the building, and, and get it on a way so it's not gonna get value engineered off. Back yeah, off of it,
1: yeah. Are, are you at liberty to share with us any projects that you've got in San Francisco that we, that uh, we, our mm-hmm. audience may be
2: aware of? Sure, absolutely. Um, probably the biggest one right now, which I'm, you know, maybe most proud of is um, the Moscone Center. They're doing a major expansion oh, yeah. of the Moscone Center, yeah. and so they've done kind of the phase one, and uh, that's an SOM project and. It's kind of fun. I, I worked with uh, the lead designer on this, Craig Hartman, who's still the partner there, design partner. I worked with him at SOM about 20 years ago, and we came full circle. They had this scrim on the building, a really beautiful screen, but it was coming in way too much, and they kind of found out about us and brought us in and asked us, you know, what we can do. And we looked at it and kind of started thinking. Well, they were doing, they were hanging these panels on a big steel substructure hanging behind it. And so well, there's all their money right there where it's okay, going, it's not yeah. in the panels. And so we so, said, well, you know, how could we get rid of all that metal and, and start thinking about you know, how we could tile the panels together almost in a running bond, a uh, vertical running bond, and how they start to stitch each other up and create stiffness. So what if we hung it from the upper part of the building, because the scrim was about mm-hmm. four feet out from the building, and let it come down and made this very rigid screen and then just lightly pinned it off the building? And so we did that. and. Uh, Came up that to the engineers. It kind of worked out, um, and um, we found out <laughs> later uh, that we saved a lot of you money. You saved to, a lot of money, and we got the job, of course. And you know, for whatever. They need it for our panels and stuff. And so that's kind of what we do, and that's how how we work. You know, we kind of come in and find better ways of kind of doing that than the... the
1: I like that. So you find better ways. So how how does it work? Do you approach prospective uh, clients, or they come to you both? You know, we never advertise. They just kind of find us. I don't know if it's...
2: it's, um, They do research or... Uh, on the web or whatever, but it's word of mouth. Um, so they, we haven't really done much advertising, I don't think, I think we've placed maybe one ad in this whole time we've had this company, and we're we're just we're doubling every year. So so we're doing something right we must yeah. be in, and so that's really
1: kind of Actually, Let's Actually, let's come back to that. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford 90.1 FM.
0: Greenlight Clinic is a free mental health clinic in San Francisco, offering short-term therapy to young individuals between the age of 14 and 25. The goal is to provide a safe environment where individuals can identify and manage feelings about family, peers, school, financial stress, work, or any other life challenges. Individual and group therapy may last up to six months. The clinic relies solely on contributions from individuals, businesses, and foundations to operate and is staffed entirely by volunteers. To donate, visit greenlightclinic.org. That's greenlightclinic.org. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford.
1: We're talking today with Russ Naylor, architect and principal of NC2 Studio, a design collective, and Book Modern. Good fortune, modern. <laughs> For more information, feel free to visit www.bokmodern.com. That's www.bokmodern.com. Russ, we're talking about, you know, obviously being in San Francisco. Uh, have you known and, and, and just it's a game-changer book in my opinion mm. it really is you know, and yours probably too <laughs> but but uh, how else are they anyone else discovering your work other than obviously the Muscotti center because mm-hmm. it is so like whoa um, you know it's so uh, transforming right yeah you know who's
2: been our our, our best advocates are the developers themselves because really? we okay. might we're doing we have a lot of projects going on right now um, down in Los Angeles and some big, large parking garage screens and such. Down in LA, they, all the parking's uh-huh. above grade, and so they need to kind of screen these things off. And we have a very effective way of doing that—a very cost-effective way. So, some of the developers, um, as we as they as we come in and we show them how. We can value engineer some and put our material on and save the money and actually come up with something more beautiful. They start going to their other projects saying, well, what else can they do on these projects? They start looking for work for us. And they call us up, what would you guys do with this? And so we'll look at something. And that's why I'm saying there's always, architects are always coming up with these beautiful kind of ways to do a skin on the building. But sometimes they just, they're going to be too expensive. They're not going to be able to do them. Is there a way that we can use our system to... Kind of recreate that in a much more a lighter way, and, and so it sits on the building a lot lighter and thus less expensive. And and we've been very successful at that. And so it's it's great when you get in with some of these big builders, and they just kind of keep bringing in another project, yeah. another project, and that
1: way. And there's no end. You, you, you talked about the parking garage screens, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, especially in, in urban ur- urban areas, parking lots are pretty significant. They they they, they take up a lot yeah. of the footprint. Can you literally? I'll give an example. Have a uh, a garage. Say it's a four or five story g- garage in the corner that's just filled you with know, cement, just d- d- not attractive. And actually turn that location into an icon with boat, motor, Oh yeah, torque. absolutely. You could. Yeah, you
2: if, you, if you go to our if you go to our website, you know this happens probably more in LA just because the, the parking garage is usually right, above grade yeah. down there. Here, you know, we don't even hardly have parking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think we we can do that, and that's what's kind of the exciting thing about it because it's it, it's unlimited into what it could be. It's not just a, a plain screen or something. The architects can have a field day with it. So there's a <laughs> lot of projects. <laughs> <Did you see? laughs> and, and they're always they always say it's going to cost more if it's custom. I said no, it's not. You draw it up. It's really about laser time and time it's on the punch. But if you draw it, if you can draw it in CAD, we can cut it. You know, we're happy. The whole point of the company was to. Allow architects to do custom. So we have a lot of patterns on our websites. People like are always picking them. But I'm just, I really want to say no. Do whatever you want. Yeah. These are just to give you ideas and get your get your thoughts going. But
1: um, wow, yeah. you know what else is? Uh, mm. I, I just read. It's actually on my screensaver. It says an interesting way that you can improve the appearance or the perception of a bridge mm. is to cover it. Okay, oh, interesting. Uh, it, yeah. is to, it's yeah. is when you cover it, it actually. Enhances the what what the bridge is and the structure. Can you do the same for like, say, a freeway overpasses, or uh, or or, or um, you know, alongside freeways?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, going back on a smaller scale to the Moscone Center, if people know that area down there and see it under construction, there used to be a pedestrian bridge that kind of crossed. Okay, there Moscone. you go. Yeah. That was all taken down because SOM designed this very beautiful, organic kind of sculptural bridge that's going to cross there now and it's all going to be kind of clad in our panels so it'll be very semi-transparent yet it's you know it's going to disguise the structure in some ways but not totally hide it so i think it's going to be quite quite gorgeous that bridge oh my (laughs)
1: goodness so you literally Literally. can go around into i'm using urban environment because you're in san francisco and it's a Mm -hmm. convenient reference because this is where our audience is you know where we're located although we go over all over the world can you you can significant help significantly beautify an urban area
2: yeah, I believe we can. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point because we also have done a lot of projects where we've um, done retrofits. So, for instance, a a building that might have had a an old the, the old code used to be six inch wide you know openings on the pickets, thirty six inch high for guardrails. Now it's four inches and forty two inches high because they found children can ah. get six oh, yeah, inches. Yeah and everybody's getting taller so they can fall over <laughs> yeah. these you know, 36 inch rails. <laughs> There's no laws really, unless you're doing significant work to kind of go out and have to change these and retrofit them. But when people are, especially in public buildings, um, they're coming to us and, and we're able to use some of that old structure on there. Sometimes we're able to leave all the picket in place and only add to it and again on our website you can see where we've been able to do that and change a building that maybe isn't so interesting to be much more interesting having now this kind of very modern railing on it yeah um, so yeah i think there's an opportunity to fix some of these ugly buildings yeah there, there really
1: <laughs> is and, 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 and another challenge uh... i'm curious about is glass so many mm-hmm. buildings now or are done are, 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 uh, mm-hmm. uh... skyscrapers are done with glass uh, buildings in general are done with glass mm-hmm. at some point ten fifteen twenty years down the down the road that, that uh, can you actually work with glass or, or or improve the appearance of a building or structure that is right now just glass?
2: Yeah, you know, so glass is a, probably one of the more expensive hand uh, guardrails to do, and there's a lot of it out there. But the, the problem it has is that you see glass when it from dew and all of that; it starts to get very. <laughs> Kind of uh, water spotted, and it's very—it's a lot of work to kind of clean that off and keep it looking pretty and nice and clear, especially up on a high rise, if you can imagine. Yeah, but people like glass; they like the idea that oh, but I want to be able to just see right through to the view, and and I think people have this misconception that laser-cut metal because we can do very, very open rails that you pretty much see exactly right on through. But what I like about ours is that. People you know, tend to put a lot of stuff out on their balconies. Oh, and yeah. So our rails give this little bit of a veil so it kind of scrambles it up so you don't see it. And it kind of cleans it up a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. yeah not so junky. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah. even like multifamily. Right. Yeah. They, 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 even though I know everyone has dryers, you still have that problem. What, what type of... Um what problems do you see in any environment that you know that you know uh boke could really help mm-hmm. with that, that 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 they're really not reaching out to you or you're not reaching out mm-hmm. to them? Is there any particular You know, um, since we do aluminum
2: our product solid aluminum, so it's none of these kind of composites. I think you mentioned about patent pending. We actually uh, just got issued our first patent on our rain screen, which is quite exciting. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, here as an architect, you know, I never thought I'd own a patent on something. <laughs> I mean, this is like a completely different business that we can talk a little bit about that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But we just got issued this patent. It's pretty exciting. And it's for an uh, x-ray rain screen system, and it's solid aluminum. So, And we finished it in a kynar, which is a very high-end finish. So this stuff just looks better on buildings for a very long time. Wood's gotten to be kind of popular to put on buildings, but we all see wood. You know, it doesn't... Uh, you know, kind of hold yeah. up very long over the time, and so yeah. you know those types of things. I think materials that are you know good quality materials that are going to yeah. stand up
1: to time. Now, how do you how are you utilizing it to clients when they come in and say, you know, I like your work? How will it look on these buildings? Mm. And, and I, or,
2: we love to do that, you know. So yeah. we we say, well, give us a, if you have a rendering of your project, give it to me, and I'll Photoshop off what it's going to look on it. And yeah. that's the best. A picture's worth a thousand words, right? And they see it on the building, and they go, oh my gosh, I got to have it. So that's probably the is it fastest really that clear?
1: I mean, not that clear. I mean, is it that? It's, it, it, we can't see you here, but <laughs> you are really like, oh my gosh, like the, I can imagine the client like falling over their chair just yeah, saying, yeah. oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, computers. That's what's great about them, and especially with laser cut metal, because you can really show that fine grain of that texture, that pattern on their buildings, so they can visualize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, you, there's no end. It sounds like I know. It's, it seems <laughs> like we're just uh, constantly coming up with new products, and we have you know other products that we patented. Some of the issues about installing railing, for instance, on buildings, it's it's a it's a very uh, tedious kind of way in which we have to put the brackets and we have to put the hold downs, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. And using the book, Philosophy said, you know why can't we come up with a simpler way of doing that? And so we've done just that. We've kind of developed this new, what we're calling the universal bracket that um, we're just starting to install on projects. And it not only saves the work of the guy installing the railing, it saves a um, waterproofing, uh, the framers. It has a whole list, and, and you know it's on our website. You want to see that if you're interested, Whoa. but but it all of a sudden. So I go back to the owners and I say, this bracket, it's only a little bit more than what you've been paying, but you can go back to all these guys and you know your waterproofing guy. They don't have to do a lot of these things that you just to have to do. And I won't get into the details. Yeah, no, no, it just no, saves money ahead, on though, other, a bit. on other well, <laughs> levels. No, I like the details. Oh, yeah. I think it's
1: relevant. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, so for instance, if you can imagine a building, if you had a blade sticking out from the framing, how many things have to happen? Uh, The blade has to be Recessed into the plywood, so when your waterproofing comes over it, you, it can easily waterproof okay. over that. So that means somebody has to chop that out and kind of put it in. Uh, structural engineers like these bolts now because everybody's afraid of yeah the failure of these things in long term um, pulling out of lags. They want to have through bolts, but not only through bolts, they want to have these Simpson ties on the end of those. Yes, okay. And those need yeah. a lot of work. Somebody has to put all those on, and it has a cost. When they get that, and then now the when it comes time, they've got the waterproofing now over all of that the stucco guy let's say comes in and he's got to have some kind of channel that goes around that a, a j mold and so he's got to cut the, that element all in little pieces very time consuming he's got to put that on
1: costly too they
2: yeah. put all the waterproofing into that and then they have to come back in and cock it so we did all those things and so we kind of looked at that and said okay first of all you know the through bolting what can we do and we look at some of the other simpson hangers where they they don't they kind of hang things on the edge of the deck and they pin it from the top and the front so it can't come off. And we said, okay, well, that's a that's a great solution. Let's do that and get rid of all those through bolts and all of that. And we said, okay, instead of this guy having to put this, and then it's also the metal is very flat, so the screws are recessed, so it's easier to waterproof over just like your water um, going around a window, let's say, flashing. And then we actually built in that little reveal all the way around it, that little screed so that the stucco can come up and go right into it. And there's no caulking because that's actually built in as part of the metal. So you see it's oh, just like it goes gosh. on and it's just done. And then so it's kind of exciting. I mean, I think, uh, oh you know, get it's-
1: <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm totally, sincerely in <laughs> awe of all this because I, I'm look, I can envision there's really not a building that you can't improve.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I like to
1: think. That. No, really. I just came up with it right now <laughs> yeah. because of what you, you, yeah, how you no, describe I, I, in the in the, sure. in the, in the, um, the, the standard process mm-hmm. right now. And mm-hmm. the expectation for the vast majority of people in the built environment is exactly what you just described. They're just not aware of what, they, what their options are or the owners are not as aware either.
2: Yeah. I, yep,
1: so there really isn't a building that you couldn't. My God, you can have, <laughs> no, really, you can have a whole city of Pokemon. Yeah. No, really. no, you, you well, really uh, you can, know, and, you, and still be unique, yeah. because, because um, you know, what's interesting, I noticed about, uh, about your work, is it wasn't, it had great range. Mm. It wasn't like, ah, it's mm. the same old look. Mm. It had range to it. Is mm. that by design? You know, it's only by design because different architects
2: are thinking about it in different ways, and so I think that's what's exciting. If I, if I had to design it all the time, then it might start having that monotony. I agree with oh, that, but okay. it's great because I'm just facilitating them. They're the designers still. They're the architects. I want them to do what they want to do. It's be creative. I'm just going to tell them, okay, this is the best way to kind of do it, so you don't have to... They have many other things to worry about. They don't yeah, for sure. want to worry about those details, so... But it, around San Francisco, I mean, uh, we do a lot of work. David... Uh, Baker, God love him, he, yep. really, he really uses ours a lot, and he does a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, senior housing and things that don't have a lot of budget, and he's still able to use our product just to show you how it's cost-effective. And they've used it and come up with really wonderful patterns, and they've done it in Corten. We do it in Corten, so it has that beautiful really? rusted look. Okay. And if you go down to, like, Mission Bay Area, uh, you know, in the city, we have so much of it there, and I'm almost feeling kind of... <laughs>
1: <gasps> you take, you do. You yeah. do. You're yeah. right, huh? Yeah. It's all along yeah. there, huh? But, you know, again, I just re- re- recall now because you said it, but mm-hmm. other than that, it looks different from each... Mm-hmm. Each building looks different from the other.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all completely different from each other. And it's exciting for me as, as we grow and we have now other project uh, designers and, and other people are doing it, is sometimes I'll be driving down the street and I'll look over and I'll look up and I'll say, is that, is that us? I like I don't even know it's on one of our projects. So you just proved doing. it. Yeah. No, you proved it. You know, it's really
1: hard. I'll bring this back to music. There's a, um, a producer... Um, actually his name is Brian Brom, Brian Bromberg but he said something I read about him that was really interesting and I think it, it can be uh, relevant to your story is that well, he's a producer record producer mm-hmm. music producer and he had said well his one of his his mission is to produce for the artist and for not, for the listeners or his the, the to not ever know that it was produced by him mm. it was the yeah. artist oh, oh right sure. and he says that is the greatest challenge that he has yeah. is to still be the producer to keep your mark she, off there and not try to it, dictate yeah let them that's have hard that. so yeah. do, you, yeah. you do that there's a i think i think there's a it's got to be a strong sense of egolessness mm. one which to, yeah. to do that and the second is how do you you let the um your client's own voice come through right i mean that's not a voice it's a Building, but but their own their own um, their own flair, right? And and uh, is that you know by design or? Yeah,
2: I think as I kind of mentioned before, is that um, they've designed something already. I'm not coming in and proposing them to no take that design off and put put our design on our bulk panels on. How can we give you what you want and have it look exactly like what you want, but just do it in a in a most more cost effective way? And so we never try to change their design or dictate it or or any of that. And you know, as an architect, you know it's like you know that's. Not hard to do, but it's just what we do.
1: That's awesome. This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford 90.1 FM.
0: The Burlingame based Good Tidings Foundation supports arts, education, athletics, and the dreams from youth in communities of need throughout Northern California. The organization works closely with professional sports franchises, athletes, businesses, and government agencies to increase access to enriching opportunities for deserving youths. This includes ongoing projects through school districts, recreation departments, and local cities. Tax-deductible donations of any amount are always welcome. For more info, visit goodtidings.org. That's goodtidings.org. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford.
1: We're talking today with Russ Naylor, architect and principal of NC2 Studio, a design collective and boke modern for more information you're welcome to visit boke modern com that's b-o-k modern dot com russ you, 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 uh, in addition to san francisco and uh, around the country we, you talked about some of the recent projects in, in los angeles and i know you and i talk back and forth and you're in los angeles quite a bit is mm-hmm. there any particular reason that uh know I mean, for a lot of projects if you're at liberty mm-hmm. you know to share yeah. with. Oh no of course yeah, in Los Angeles there's... that uh, would be great for our listeners
2: sure um, you know I went to uh, graduate school at UCLA where I studied architecture and so when I was there I don't date myself house <laughs> quite a while yeah. ago downtown la it just they had business there there wasn't nobody lived there it emptied out at night it was dead and it's really exciting now because downtown la has had this total rebirth, oh, yeah, and it's yeah. got tower after tower going up it and does. those towers they have four stories five stories of parking above grade that they got to figure out what they're going to do to kind of screen these in a nice way so we've done it like I say at least there's Two or three of them have been completed so far and we probably have another half dozen in the work right now because there's so many towers down there. Really? We're doing that many of them. Oh, it's crazy. Half um, dozen. And what? they're all seeing the the ones we're doing and they're saying we want that. We want to do what that's but they're not doing exactly that. And that's what's great. I don't okay. want to have that monotony. Yeah. But they're they're seeing that and say, Well if they did that for them, what could they do for us? And we're kind of working with on that. Um so that's kind of the downtown LA scene what a right blast. now. Here. I know. <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Especially seeing your work
1: like that. Yeah. You know, from what it was just Stayed and sure, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. You, you just like bring life to it.
2: Yeah, and some of those parking garages, they're they're just deadly. I mean, there was a time <laughs> when it, there, <laughs> they are. there just was a, a time in L.A. where they they didn't <laughs> they didn't think about the pedestrian experience. Everything was kind of lifted up there, <laughs> yes. and so now they're trying to come back in and make this more pedestrian friendly uh, landscape there. But it's kind of there's a lot of buildings it's a little too late. But um, <laughs> so I hope we're helping with that. Um, another fun story is. Um, when I was at uh, UCLA, um, people might know this firm, Ko- Koenig Eisenberg, wonderful firm. They do a lot of housing, very creative, down in the Los Angeles area. Well, Julie Eisenberg and um, Hank Koenig were actually my professors at UCLA when I was there. Oh, well, and I don't want to make that sound like yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're but that old, but um, they were young, very young then. <laughs> and they've really done some great stuff. And so through a roundabout way, somehow they found out about us, and they're doing this uh, very interesting project that has these big operable louvers on the exterior of this residential building that not only kind of turn and, and all of that, but the whole systems of them can slide back and forth, and it's this way of having um, tenants be able to kind of change the the, the sun uh, shade and stuff, the sun devices on their own, and it keeps a building, you know, being very dynamic because it's always changing because oh, yeah. the, the tenants are always doing stuff, and they're doing other buildings like this, and they've been very successful at it. So it was just kind of interesting to walk in the door and see oh, Julie. Yeah. After, what did they do when they saw you? I mean, they obviously knew yeah, almost thirty years, you know, kinda of walking. Like, <laughs> she looked at me and she says, Why do I know you? And then because of course I look a lot different I did then and <laughs> she looks exactly the same. I tell you, Julie, you look great. So um, so it's kind of <laughs> it's kinda of fun that we just uh, you know, you come back to these people like like I say it like at Skidmore, you know, working yeah. with uh people that I've worked with and Architects, kind of, unfortunately, they 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 really design in a kind of uh, shell. You know, we don't really go out, and we're very protective and secretive of what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's not a healthy yeah. thing, and so <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> for that. the it's great part, the, the, <laughs> it's not because we don't share enough ideas and stuff with <laughs> each other. You know, we kind of look at stuff and we learn from each other, but not really you know really work with each other in that way and so now what i'm doing is i get to work with almost everybody and it's so much fun because they're they're all different and uh it's just it's i would have never had this opportunity had i just kind of kept Plugging along doing my architecture on my own kind of thing, so yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah.
1: yeah, so you were forced to. You actually, you were actually upset about it. <laughs> you, yeah, were, right? you weren't like, oh, that's an interesting yeah. idea. No,
2: you were like, necessities it, of another invention, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You were really upset about it, and it. Oh, it, you, it, it, it uh, that developer did the biggest favor in my life, and at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But now it's like, thank you, thank you for doing that. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. There's so much yeah. like that in know. life. you yeah. know yeah. I mean, I, we're uh, it's an architecture, but mm-hmm. it really there's so much like that. You Mm-hmm. You perceive as that there's a great the great. Line. Another <laughs> I use music because it's convenient and I, I'm a, a music head. Is that when Miles Davis was just starting out mm-hmm. when he was a young trumpeter he played with I don't know who he was playing with a big name but uh, and I've said this before but he had, someone asked him not Miles, but someone about Miles saying, you know, he's a young player. What do you think of him? And he's like, you know, uh, oh, great. And Well, you know, what about if he makes any mistakes? He's like, uh, you know, and they said, well, I don't know. We have to ask him. So he asked Miles and he said, Miles, what do you do when you make a mistake? You know, what is it to you? And he says, hell, when I make a mistake, that's when I know I'm onto something. Uh, so it's similar to when, uh, yeah, you sure. know, what you're talking yeah, about, yeah. how it just veered you into yeah. this, this area yeah. where can, can you almost work <clears throat> with a building that may you know, be torn down, be like, no, 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 we can, we can work with this. Has it ever happened or you can it? It hasn't happened,
2: it? but yeah, I can see that. I mean, as far as reskinning buildings and things, I think, you know, definitely we would be, uh, it would be very, um, a great way to do it, you know, using our products. Sometimes buildings, they've just reached their life for whatever other reason. It might not have to do with the skin on the building. It yeah. might just be a structural issue or that type of, um, thing. But, um, but I think as far as, yeah, saving some buildings that are kind of eyesores, I think it's a very, you know, so our... Going back to a little bit to the rain screen system, the neat thing about that is rain screens are typically just solid metal panels. Everybody puts them on their buildings as a solid metal panel. Well, the the um, the the diaphragms behind them now, the waterproofing uh, membranes that they use, they're UV more UV tolerant now. They can have light hit them because before it couldn't. You had to keep them kind of in the dark, and so that's why the panels were always solid. But Now you don't have to have that, so now we can start opening up those panels a little bit, start putting a little bit of interesting texture into them, you know, maybe small openings, or literally not maybe putting openings in it, but dimpling the metal. um, Mm Uh, in a three-dimensional way, which I think is kind of the next level of where we want to kind of take the two-dimensional metal that we've been doing and start moving that in a third dimension. Yeah. Not only in the surface itself, but we're starting to do the rain screens that have much more interesting kind of uh, manipulation of them, angles and things that bring them in and out from a building, rather than just be one flat wall. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine that you, with that kind of, and in a very cost-effective way, so you can imagine if you had a building and you thought, oh, it's kind of a nice or it doesn't look anything, you could come in and pretty quickly just completely change the the feeling of that building and, and bring it back to you know yeah, <laughs> the century no you,
1: know, you <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm visual uh, envisioning a lot of the work that you have is it third street as well mm-hmm. you're on third street yeah. is if that if the buildings did not have the screens that you're talking about I've seen some like well, anyway it, 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 that actually, believe it or not, the built-to-designer might be mad at this, but mm. that actually draw drew my attention to the building. Mm. Yeah, and then oh, look yeah. at and then look at all the other details and the uniqueness of the building. But if that was not there, the screens were not there, I wouldn't have known. It would you know, oh, yeah, it looked like everything else. Right. So in essence, you can shift, make everything individual. Yep. Yeah, that's what even if really it at. is the same right builder, designer, whatever it is, and it might be two, three blocks long, the same kind of look, maybe just different heights, and yep. sizes. but, but Materials, with, yeah. But yeah, but with but with Bokes work, you actually you made the buildings look like they're. Different buildings, <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, going, I'm going through my mind as I'm talking to you yeah, right I'm now. Of how about... Seeing, I did see that. Yeah. I did see that that they look. They're actually it's the same building, yeah. but it's not the same building. To right, you know, uh, um, the average
2: person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to the Moscone Center, Skidmore did this really beautiful pattern that is just this series of, uh, of diamonds that sometimes are bigger, sometimes they're smaller. If you go and look at it from a distance, it completely pops and looks like it's three-dimensional, yet it's only a two-dimensional screen. And I remember when they first came to us, and, and I was a little bit skeptical, because you look at this thing up close, and you go, no, nah, that's pretty flat. Let's make a full panel. So I made a full panel for them. It came off. We painted it. I'm standing like, no, it looks pretty flat. I said, hold on, hold that there a minute. I walked back about 50 feet away from it, and all of a sudden the thing just folded on me and popped. And you couldn't make no your way. mind to say that's a flat panel. <laughs> so those are kind of interesting and very exciting things that, to think that you can do just with patterns about how you yeah. can create the illusion of, of form when it's really just a flat surface.
1: Yeah. Mm. How do you see – are there any projects that you've ever – not projects you've done, but uh, any buildings in particular or places where you feel that, they're not, that aren't utilizing – You and Book Modern Mm. Did you go Oh I think if we really Oh my gosh got their boy they would really be impressed you know Yeah, I think, there, are, are, I think going it,
2: back to my, the story about my son saying I can't stop looking at buildings I can't stop seeing buildings that we could improve that we could do better with
1: I love that yeah. go into that little, yeah you know, why, why, well I'll
2: tell you I've even taken it further when we were starting the company out a, long, a while back several years ago and we would talk about the photo photomontaging uh, there was a certain holiday in
1: building I love that word <laughs> photomontaging <laughs> that, that sounds like it could be our new group <laughs> photomontage <The photomontages. laughs> it does um we
2: were um I started saying, "Well why why don't we just drum up work?" And so I took this very hideous looking hotel building I won't name the the, the chain oh, and thought and just and took this building and said okay that's a that's an ugly building. I can make that building beautiful and so i um we did a, a photo montage rendering and mocked it up. I did a pricing analysis, and this was probably a thirty-story building, and, and found out that we could probably skin this building for about a million dollars. And this thing looked like it went from an ugly pig of a building to be something you know completely relevant and new and, and fresh and, and modern. And so, it was a time when I, you know, I, I kind of gave it to the manager, you didn't quite know what to do with it. Um, but um, but that kind of thing, I think, is that you know how you could you know pretty quickly and uh, succinctly kind of. Um, dress up some of these buildings yeah. um, in a way.
1: Yeah, and there's so there's more than yeah. I think even in our lifetimes that you yeah. can ever improve on.
2: Yeah, you know, and we haven't talked about you know the the sun shading and the benefits that you kind of get a lot of screens yeah Yeah. and so on top of all of that you know on top of their beautiful you know they also create that it's really great you know if you go to palm springs and you know back well last century you know when they they did a lot of this expanded metal and because down in palm springs they needed shading i mean that's a real problem down there and so they came up with these really fun you know kind of expanded metal and that, that to me is like the precursor of what i'm doing now and then it kind of fell out of favor,
1: but... but Is see coming
2: back? or you, Not not necessarily that away. expanded metal, but now yeah. with this laser-cut metal, it's kind of that same idea about using these things to kind of create, actually to help with the cooling of the building and all of that, to create sunshades. Probably yeah. half of our work is sunshades. We a lot so of sunshades. So there's just
1: this major... Is there a sustainability factor?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we like to think, you know, you can get green points for using our material. It's all aluminum. It's recycled aluminum. It's recyclable. We use powder coat finish, which is a, a very low kind of VOC finish. Yeah. Well, it's actually puts off none. Um, and anodizing, which is the most green. Uh, we do a lot of anodizing of our panels. It, that was a challenge because usually anodizing was uh, left up to storefronts and things, very small sticks. So they yeah. didn't have to have very big tanks. They had to have long tanks. But now our panels are like four feet by ten feet. They have to have big, deep tanks. It was hard to find an anodizer. But... Anodizing is the most green uh, finish yeah. you can put on a piece of material. Yeah, right and you've there. got
1: it dialed in that way. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. so there's yeah. really not too. You can. I, I like how you said it. Skin the building. Yeah. <laughs> is that just it's just kind of a. Yeah. A, a way you do it. So there's a lot of buildings that can be skinned. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they'll continue to be. What other some of the cha- what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome when you just uh, when you began? Oh,
2: Boak? you know the biggest one is for my partner and I. It's the. Um, She's an interior designer. We had a company, and we did architecture, a service industry, and you know we had no idea how to run a business that had a product, and we didn't have really anybody we knew that knew how to do that, and so we kind of just made this up on our own, and it's kind of fun. We have a lot of young people working for us uh, from different fields, as I mentioned. Um, and we're very much a startup. We're figuring it out, too, as we go along. Uh, eight years? Kinda... An eight-year startup? <laughs> <laughs> well, because we didn't do the startup. I think the it really happened when the recession kind of hit and it gave us a time to say, oh, well, let's. we got time now, you know, it wasn't a great time, but at least, yeah. you know, it was a time for us to say, let's really turn this into a serious company. So up until about two years ago, three years ago, we only had a couple people working with us and we were doing a fair share of stuff. But like I say, now it's kind of doubling every year and it's again doubled this year, the amount of work we're doing. So, we've kind of had to figure this out on our own. We don't have any business advisors or anybody. And and it's a total different thing when you go from a service industry, a design, creative thing, to now doing a product and you have all the other things about logistics, how you're going to get it there, quality control at the factories. And, Accounting, but it's just completely different business. Is it
1: more or uh, or less uh, headaches having to do that? mm, The the transition was.
2: Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it can be more. There's just a lot more moving parts that you're responsible for. As an architect, you're responsible kind of for you know doing the specification stuff of building, but basically getting your drawings done. This, like I say, there's a there's a lot of other moving parts that you're responsible for, and also making sure the product gets there, gets there on time. You know, you have you know, and, and, and it gets there right. And so, um, so yeah, that's it's all been a challenge, but, you know, we've learned, and it's been a really fun, exciting kind of journey. <laughs>
1: that's that's yeah. awesome. This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford.
0: Entitled Opinions is an hour-long intellectual dialogue about life and literature, including discussions of the arts, sciences, and history with mainly Stanford-based academics, as well as other distinguished guests, hosted by Robert Harrison, a professor of French and Italian literature. That's on KZSU Stanford on Monday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. before The Modern Architect. Tune in. And now back to The Modern Architect. We're
1: talking today with Russ Naylor, architect and principal of NC2 Studio, a design studio collective in Boke Modern. For more information, feel free to visit www.bokemodern.com. That's www. b o k e I like that at b o k e modern.com. Russ, um, your, um what are your thoughts on advocacy and sustainability in architecture today and you know how and how it relates to Boke?
2: You know, we touched on that a little bit, you know, about how we feel that, you know, Boat could add, you know, uh, things to sustainability of um, Uh projects. For sure. And and the materials we're using and all of that.
1: Feel free to elaborate. Yeah. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah, really. So I I think moving forward, you know, that the idea um, of I think we'd like to be as much as we can, you know, as far as um, a sustainable product. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that could take a lot of uh, different meanings. Um, For me, you know, some of the the and you know not to get too much into it but the the whole sustainable mobility movement and all of that it was always questionable to me there's some of these things that people are doing to on agree. Buildings, I agree. Yeah. and the embodied energy that's into those things now really don't pay for themselves in the long term and that's one of these things that you really kind of have to do that kind of you know, are you really getting the right return off of those? Uh, and I know, I know people are doing this. I mean, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen out there, but it was always troublesome for me. I saw buildings that might get really uh, great, you know, lead ratings or something, yet they were completely overbuilt and <laughs> no. too crazy, and all the money that went into it. It's like, wow, well, is that really fair? You know. But we also don't want really, you know, plain ugly buildings, and so you don't want that either. So yeah. I, that's a hard balance. I'm, I'm you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a little torn with it, but yeah. you're, do, you're You're actually doing addressing it, but without addressing it, right. in a, in a Particular yeah,
2: way. Uh, yeah, and we'd like to encourage, and and we love that you know it's used a lot of times, like I say, for the sun shading and things. And I think that's kind of what we can contribute back. Yeah. Has
1: um, anyone ever quant- tried to quantify mm. the effects, or the uh, yeah, the advantage question. or uh, benefits of ooh, utilizing bulk material? I like
2: that. Yeah, yeah. so we could. When, it, when a developer wants to ve off, I uh, said, you know what, the long term benefits though, <laughs> oh, of having this on yeah. your
1: building is you're going to make this much back <laughs> you, you, <laughs> ten it, times. <laughs> I'm sure it can be done. You know what yeah, we were talking? We were could. talking at yeah. length a little bit about artificial intelligence intelligence mm-hmm. and finding algorithms yeah, and machine learning yeah. and how they're discovering answers to problems we thought were impossible sure. or would never be answered. And they're like solving them in sometimes yeah. months and within one month, if not less. Yes. Yeah. So, so that can, <laughs> it could be done yeah, if you put someone you could to do something
2: you, yeah, that's quantifiable for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's just with the skin of the building. Yeah. That's not including all the you know, the mechanical <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and the, and the uh, daylighting and everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So you can really, yeah. so anyway, it can be done. Yes, and um, you're, you're obviously it's it's a green company. I call it yeah. green, but uh, I think
2: well, and you know we we were very conscious. Of, of course, every piece of metal that gets cut out of our panels goes right back into the you know, recycling, and more aluminum is made. And so yeah. there's almost zero waste to what we're doing. Um, zero and that's waste? A, that's a good well, you know that's a good point because zero
1: waste. Whoa. <laughs>
2: well, you know because since it's made in a in a factory controlled environment. Any waste products and things of course are going to get recycled and go back uh, you know they all get thrown in big drums and, and it's really neat the pieces that come out of our products, you know the negative pieces. Yeah. They're really fun. And I want to find some use to actually make something <laughs> with <negative>. those. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Because we just we send them back and melt them down. But they're these really cool shapes. And there's so that's something someday I'd like to you know kind of do is how do we actually make another product out of the, the byproducts? Like, yeah, kind of like it mac and cheese. No, yeah. it's not mac and cheese. But
1: you know that that's how mac yeah. mac and cheese began. Yeah. It was the, it was the byproduct, uh-huh. the, the dust of the cheese. Yeah. It's like well, there's tons of it. What do we do with it? And it became macaroni and cheese. Yeah. from, Okay, we'll say Kraft. Yeah. You know that that did that. Um, so yeah, there I mean, is a, the byproduct that you can um uh, you yeah, do that no, no, and it's, uh, it's zero waste.
2: yeah, so wow. so it's pretty much zero waste. And then, you know, whereas, Other types of railing, let's say, that's kind of done on site, you're shipping out a bunch of raw materials. It's all being cut up and done on site. Um, So there's a lot of scrap. Who knows where it's going or if anybody's really picking it up and saving or just going (laughs) to the landfills. Um, So our product comes to the site 100% completely finished and is kind of put on without any... Oh, and that's another big thing about our product. We really have fun with this this uh, this game we have I guess if you will about <laughs> what Boke is and Boke's about simplifying and it's really can be hard to simplify things exactly sometimes. it takes, it a, takes long a long time yeah, yeah to make things simple so how do you do we've it we've just reinvented a hinge that kind of hides in our panels and, and we're doing latches and stuff but you reinvented a hinge? <laughs> we have to right? <laughs> in reinventing in the sense that a hinge is okay. a hinge that it's going to work with our panels in a, in a better way okay. than any, nothing out there on the market that we can find that does it so we're, we're constantly inventing that but i got distracted where were you we? <laughs> you
1: no no you're, you're, on, you're on point no you're on point um, it's it's relevant to you know we were the zero waste and and how you you utilize oh, the byproduct right.
2: so yeah so that's what i'm saying is the simplicity of it it's very difficult to make it simple and so our our philosophy is no welding so you've got to be able to fold your panel and create no structure oh. with never having to do any welding because welding again is a is well we have robotics to do it now but it's another process that's going to Make the product more expensive. Somebody has to go and weld it and grind it and do all of that. And so, we strategically fold things in ways that doesn't require welding and it doesn't require welding out in the field. And so that is another green thing because you're not using these gases out there, yeah. and actually burning torches and all of that.
1: Yeah. So if, if you, you're doubling every year, correct? Mm,
2: yes. Okay. Yeah. So knock
1: wood here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's granite, great. It's, <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better. There's no wood anywhere anymore. <laughs> yeah. at all. So, so how do you? Um, how do you where do you see, you know, book in, in mm-hmm. the future if you kind of get, if you're gauging the past in a way? Is is there a place you'd like to take it to where you're yeah. oh sit yeah, sit back with your arms oh folded Ain't and Sam chill done? out? Yeah.
2: Never, I know. Really? That's what's excited about it. So Again, my partner Hetty, she's really kind of heading up another division of Bok, if you will. Well, there's two of them. I'd like to talk about one of them is Boke for Hope. We'll get to that in a minute. But the other one is Products, and okay. we're going to call this uh, Igo. <laughs> really, a, another Korean term that's kind of a startling effect. What's it but, mean? I'd like to Well, I, I, it's really funny too because she has two cats, and one's Bok and Igo. <laughs> so it's like the, like the companies are named after these cats. It's so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> really. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> So, getting into products, that's really exciting. <laughs> Furniture pieces, uh, site furnishings, bollards, lighting bollards. You know, we have a three axis laser that can cut a piece of round uh, pipe with any kind of patterns on the exterior of it. So, you can imagine making light standards and bollards and site furnishings and trash containers and benches, and always has to be. Folded material. It can never. It always has to play. You know, have this game where it's folded and bolted only. Yeah. So I see us moving a lot into doing. You know, more of these products. We're doing um, pavilions, like these types of things. That oh, that's a good story. We were we were brought up um, this kind of large pavilion building that's in the middle of this residential brand new residential development, and it's probably about 75, 80 feet by 40 feet, and it was this big steel kind of structure, and they wanted to put our panels all over it, and so they came to us for the panels, and we gave them pricing on the panels, and the developer says, you know, we gotta be this thing out, it's just, this thing's way too expensive, all this structure, and so, Again, we thought, well, what if we used the the Moscone system and turned it flat, and put four masts and kind of hung this thing, and we did it and got yeah. it priced. It was half the price of what oh. that whole pavilion was. So it went from like, four hundred grand down to two hundred grand, and all of a sudden it's back in the project. And everybody's happy. So, that's like I'm seeing those things as being products because now you could take these things and
1: it's already been engineered and done, and I can just yeah. sell it as a complete product in that way. That's yeah. terrific, Russ. Is there anything that we we there's so much yeah, I'd like to talk, talk to you about no and there's so many questions I have that again aren't, aren't going to be answered in this one hour we have is there anything that you'd like to share with you know our audience or our listeners that, that we may not have touched on um,
2: there is something and, yeah. and you know I haven't really released this and Hedy my partner might get upset that I even talked about it a little bit but we yeah. really like the idea that architects are very creative people and I think they have good ideas that they can share and so we haven't really launched this yet, but it's, it's we're thinking about it. It's called Book for Hope, and we kind of want to start giving back something. And so we want architects and designers, we want to come up with some way in which they can, you know, they, the architects are very creative people. They're, never, they're, they're paid salaries typically, but there's no way to, you know, we want them to make some money on the side. So we say, you know, come up with products, give them to us, so we can make oh, it happen. Wow. We'll share the Terrific. profit with you. And we're also going to give a present that profit to your charity or some charity of choice or something that we kind of do. And so, you know, I just think it's, uh, you know, we all got to kind of start doing that more. We got to yeah. start giving back because we're all doing very well right now, knock good again. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it's, it's we really have to, we should be doing that. So, look for it on our website. You know, we'd really like because there's a lot of creative people out there that can see stuff that we don't even seeing yet. I think that could really contribute, and they should be rewarded yeah. for that.
1: Outstanding, know, that. Russ. Russ, um, it's been a privilege having you oh, here thank today. You. Thank you yeah, very much. We ready. hope you consider coming back. I will. We do. That's great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. We've been honored. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Russ Naylor, architect and principal of NC2 Studio, a creative studio collective, and Boke Modern, design and manufacture of architectural metal product types, including guardrails, Juliet balconies, architectural screens, fencing, among others including a very efficient installed patent-pending rain screen system. For more information, you're welcome to visit www.bokemodern.com. That's www.bokemodern.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives.
0: The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Juggy. Chief engineer is Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Caleb Smith. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Please tune in again next week at 10 a.m. for another edition of The Modern Architect. Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of 168,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.